This is Beyond the Farm Gate, a show where we shine a light on great Australian stories in agriculture. On the show, you'll hear from farmers who've survived challenges like fire, flood and drought, farmers who run innovative and unique agribusinesses, and farmers who are balancing work and family in rural Australia. You'll be inspired hearing their stories and pick up some insights along the way. I'm your host, Annie Herbert. Today I'm chatting with Jock Lawrence. An engineer by trade and multi-generational farmer, Jock is the co-founder of Mobile, a cloud-based farm management software. In this episode, Jock shares the story behind Mobile's creation, the practical solutions it offers farmers, and how they're using farmer feedback to take Mobile to the next level. Let's jump in. Hi, Jock. Thanks for joining me today. Great to be here, Annie. Thanks for having me. So to kick us off, are you able to tell me about where your connection to ag very first started? Yeah, well, for me, very strong connection to ag. I grew up on the family farm in Avenal, Victoria, where we grow sheep. <laughs> so we're yellow sheep producers. We have a self-placing merino flock and first cross flock as well. So that's where I got my connection to ag to start with. And I remember all these memories when we were growing up as children, working on the farm and then dad aligning the biggest jobs for the hot school holidays. So he could <laughs> make sure he took advantage of his young little workers. I was just all I really knew growing up and you know, super passionate about ag and still am today. So Jock, growing up on the family farm was obviously a really awesome experience for you and has great memories. Can you tell me more about the farm specifically as far as size? And how long it's been in the family? The farm we grew up on is, is called Brantwood, and it's been in the family for four generations now. So Dennis Lawrence and Maisie Lawrence were first to yeah, start that farm, and it started off as a Murray Gray start. And people on the farm right now, so my two brothers back on the farm working full-time, I've sort of diverged and gone to work on mobile, our livestock farm management software, basically full-time now. We're still very connected to the farm and there quite often. And my, and my parents, my mum and dad, David and Deb Lawrence on the farm as well. So they're helping manage the farm at the moment. It's about 4,500 hectares in that area. It's about 10,000 breeding ewes, all self-replacing. It's an innovative farm and it's interesting to always go back and hear about what's been happening there. They love the infrastructure projects and trying to make their lives easier on the farm and more successful, which is exactly what Mobile does as well. Do they still align all the hard work and big projects for when you're back on the farm or has that kind of stopped as you've gotten older? It has stopped a little bit when I'm getting older. There was a time going through university and stuff like that where they definitely aligned <laughs> those jobs when I was back at home. But my younger brothers have got older now and they're flat out at the farm right now. I can really concentrate on mobile and sort of help them out from afar or help them out when needed be. Yeah, not so much anymore. When you finished school, I understand that you went and took a gap year in the Northern Territory. Tell me all about that because I'm completely fascinated, completely different kind of farming to what I'm used to down in South Australia. Yeah, yes, Lily, that was a, an amazing, amazing trip. That I did. actually did with a mate of mine. What we did after school, we were like, oh, what are we going to do? We didn't really know what to do. So we decided to take this gap year and we basically got a couple of swags, chucked it in the back of the year. And this trip around Australia, working on different farms around Australia, the farm that we spent the most time was River and Station up in the Northern Territory, which for me is also very different from the farm back in Victoria. It was just so interesting. And I mean, we'd work these long 14-hour days and have maybe Sunday afternoon off or something like that. But the work ethic up there and just the people to be around them was just amazing. I was very passionate about their business. 
it was a big family business and the scale was just phenomenal. I remember touring around a 500,000 acre paddock on a motorbike fixing fences and it took me four days and he helicoptered in and out. And there's it's so many different stories like that to go with that. So it was an adventure and I'd highly recommend anyone that's not sure what they want to do next year after school to yeah, take a gap year and go up to the NT or something similar because it's a real eye-opening experience for me. It was fantastic. So with that in mind, what then was the thought process around heading to uni and studying engineering? Because that is a huge step away from some of those really large cattle stations and farming itself. Yeah, absolutely. It was a bit of a shock to the family. I think I think my <laughs> mum might have been happy. Dad was like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> but I, I remember having a fantastic combo with dad. I got back from this trip up north and we're fencing at the time and he's like oh so you're gonna do this uni thing and i'm like yeah i'll give it a go for a year he's like yeah just give it a go for a year and just see if you like it or not and i ended up going there for five years and having an absolute ball so <laughs> to his absolute surprise yeah i ended up going to uni going back to your question the reason that it did that was um, i just had a fascination with solving problems big or small on farm off farm and engineering in my mind when i was at school was all about solving technical problems and stuff like that. So it felt like a really natural thing to dive into and I always knew I'd come back to agriculture in some way and always be attached to the farm. And I was always working on the farm during my time at uni as well. So yeah, that's sort of the reasoning behind it. It was also due to be some fantastic teachers as well through my schooling years. It's funny, in my mind, when I was at school, engineering was all about these, you know, big buildings, bridges, things like that. And I think it's so cool that you've been able to find a way to apply that back into agriculture. Is that something that for other people interested in ag, but perhaps not sure what to do at uni, there are really cool viable options from doing an engineering degree? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's really interesting. I think a lot of people that come off a family farm, they'll look at agri-science degree or they'll look at an agri-business degree. It's sort of like the only few options where it's like a good option to you know, go to university and learn something new. But I kind of think the counter, I think there's a lot of opportunity for people interested in ag to go study something like civil engineering, special engineering, accounting, and take those learnings and bring it back to agriculture. I think there's a lot of room for bringing talent to agriculture right now, especially in the growing world of ag tech. People that are passionate about ag and learning some really cool things and bring that knowledge back to ag is a super powerful combo. And I don't think people should be restricted. Imagination go wild with what they can achieve in agriculture. I couldn't agree more. And this has been a really common theme with so many of our guests lately is that you don't have to necessarily be off a farm or want to go back to a farm or onto a farm to have a career in ag. There are just so many different pathways now that people can explore. So it's a really exciting time to be a part of the industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So once you finish your degree, what happened next? I actually dove into the world of engineering for a little bit. I worked in environmental engineering. We were sort of doing things like analyzing sea level rise and all kinds of cool stuff. And that sort of went by and I got bored of that. And then I actually found a job in ag tech, a company called Horteye, and we were analyzing spatial imagery for crops and mainly to do with orange crops and understanding how ripe these oranges were if they were for picking. That was really interesting work and it really got my mind thinking even deeper of like, how can I use this knowledge that I've acquired through working engineering back into like the problems that we face at home on the family farm or just something more direct that can help out the farm because 
going back to home every now and then and helping out in the farm, you'd see all these problems and basically just wonder if there's a better ways of doing things. And I was pretty young and naive at the time as well, so <laughs> that always helps. And yeah, so I did come back to the farm for a little bit and I was working on the farm with the old man and basically what was happening, the problem we we're having at the time is we're trying to like centralise all our farm records into one place. Like basically we had two young brothers come back to the farm. They didn't really know what was going on. It's all in my dad's head. It was on his notebook somewhere, scribbled back a piece of paper. And these records were all over the place or they didn't even really exist and they lived in dad's head. And so we're trying to like collate all this information and put it into one spot where everyone can sort of see what's going on and, you know, help make better decisions for the farm. And yeah, it comes back to that young and naive again. I thought, oh, maybe there's a better solution out there. And we tried a bunch of different things to do with different farm management software that was out there. We tried spreadsheets and all kinds of things. What we found was that things were a little bit clunky. Things didn't really work for operation. They weren't simple and they weren't easy enough to keep things up to date and stuff like that. So going a bit further, I thought that we could solve the problem. And that's what Mole sort of became. And I have a good friend, Jack Hurley, who's a software developer, and we teed up together. And from there, we developed a basically prototype of that we call Mobile, which it is still today, that would help centralize all these farm livestock records into an app and into a software, a livestock farm management software. And when we started, we built this prototype in about three months, and we had about seven farms testing it. And we asked these farms, you know, would you pay for this? And I think six out of seven farmers said they'd pay for it. And that's when we thought there's something here and something to discover here and keep pushing forward with this. And since then, I mean, models changed a lot. It's become, it started from a simple record keeping system for livestock and cropping farms. And it's developed into a farm management and communication system as well. And it now helps over a thousand farmers across Australia and New Zealand, and they help manage around 4 million stock units under those farms as well. So yeah, it's gone a long way since, since those early days, but yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun. It's mind-blowing for me because obviously I use apps and software every day for different things, but I wouldn't even know where to start to make an app or a piece of software. So it's just really cool that you guys were able to team up and come up with something that is so useful and so handy. So from a practical standpoint, once a farmer's signed on with Mobile, what kind of practical solutions do they have now available to them on their farm? When a farmer signs up to Mobile, what they get is an app where they can input all their most important farmer livestock information. And that's things like their paddocks and paddocks information like spraying records and harvest records and mob records on top of that as well, like treatments for compliance. And that all feeds into sort of helping with grazing management feedlot management and top of their sort of paddock and mob records it goes a bit further and it goes into sort of rain gauge reading records along with sort of more team management things as well so for us in the family farm we have two brothers my dad myself and a worker and they all have access to the app they can see what's going on across the farm you know helping them fully understand what's happening on the farm and within mobile, there's a few extra things like team management things with tasks and reminders, you know, a reminder when to put the rams out, as well as sort of communication of that data between the different workers on the farm too. So yeah, that's sort of what mobile is out of the box and what the farmer gets. At the end of the day, mobile is a livestock farm management software. It's created by farmers for farmers and it, we work to provide a practical solution that gives farmers more visibility and better access to their records on the fly as we're just talking about. It's cloud-based, it works offline, 
simplifies record keeping and yeah, as I said before, connects that team to those really important farm records in the long run, helping farmers yeah, make more informed decisions for their operations. So that's sort of what Mobile is in a nutshell. I love it. I think it's the collaboration piece to me that's available within it is one of the most exciting because I haven't seen that in anything before or in any of the other guests we've had that kind of play in this tech space that hasn't been that collaboration piece, which going back to what you were saying previously about a lot of that information, that really key information was in your dad's head. How do you get that out? How do you share that information? What are his thoughts on mobile? Almost the instigator of the whole <laughs> idea. I mean, he has to be an advocate, right? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So no, he loves it. He thinks it's such a difference for them. He sits on his little phone at night in his armchair just scrolling through sales records and model and where the mobs are and what the boys have been up to keeping like an evil view so he gets to like micromanage everything through it so he loves that <laughs> i don't know if the boys like that that much but he thinks it's a fantastic tool and i mean for him especially mom as well because it works on a computer in the office as well they can export reports and it's all just there in touch of a button come accounting time or whatever too so i mean it's just saved a heap of time on our own farm and yeah hopefully helping them make some better decisions and improving the bottom line as well. Yeah. I understand that at the core of what you do is trying to make things easier for farmers, but also something that's really important to you at Mobile is feedback and farmer feedback. Why is that so important? Yeah. And I might just take a step back from that too. Like we're extremely passionate team at Mobile and it's a product made by farmers for farmers at its absolute core. And we're a team of seven now, so we've grown from just a two-person operation to a team of seven, and we have people based from Western Australia to New Zealand, New South Wales, Victoria, that all work remotely on mobile. And all these people that work on mobile all have farming ties um, and extremely passionate about making mobile the best it can be for farmers. And one way we do that, or the main way we do that, is through farmer feedback. So we're constantly asking farmers what problems they're having on farm, what problems they're having with the app, how it could be better for them, how can we add more value to these farmers. And through that feedback, we, you know, we develop on the product and make it better and better. And keeping our sort of core principles in mind, which is sort of around keeping it simple, easy to use as well. So that's why it's so important to us, that farmer feedback, and why we'll probably continue using that as sort of a major strategy for us, really, going forward, just to make yeah, farmers' lives easier and more successful. That's sort of our mission. And with all of you so connected to Ag and it's so cool that you've grown from the two of you now to having this remote team that are experiencing lots of different parts of agriculture around Australia and internationally. But what other cool innovations are you seeing in and around Ag that are really catching your eye? Oh, well, Annie, there's so much right now. <laughs> I just went to the Oz AgriTech Summit, which is just a session where all these really amazing people from ag tech came together and we talked about the future of ag tech and there was just so much passion and so many ideas in that room and so much energy that right now i've never seen the amount of innovation happening in ag than right now so i think there's a lot of exciting things happening i think australia is doing some great jobs in creating robotics for things like agriculture we're obviously home to some amazing farm management softwares in the cropping space, ag world, and in livestock. 
management space like Maya, Mobile and AgriWeb as well. So a lot of these products are going global. Their roots in Australia and we're selling these products around the world. And that just shows what amazing opportunity we have here in Australia to build these from the ground up products and then expand that across the world. And I think it's just a huge opportunity for, for Australia to have a massive play in that because right now it's tapping at quite a rate and we're definitely leaders in that space. Wow, I went political and everything with that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I loved it. But you're right. It's a way that we can put Australian ag on the map in a different way to what we perhaps have in the past when it comes to things like quality and production. If we're on the topic of future, where do you see mobile going in the future? What's next? What's the big pipe dream? So at the moment, mobile makes 1,000 farmers' lives easier and more successful. And by the end of the year, we'd love to see 3,000 farmers on mobile. And, you know, by 2025, go for the stars, 30,000 farmers on mobile. Yes, I love that. Yeah. For us, I mean, one of the big pieces for mobile is that communication piece. So obviously we talked about on the farm, how you're communicating all these most important pieces of farm data to everyone that needs it on the farm. I think now, like, how can that be even more of like the people around the farm as well and the products that people use are on the farm as well. So one thing we're starting to do is we're starting to integrate with the crop management system. Can't announce the name of the product just yet, but that's something that's really <laughs> exciting. So communicating that data that's not just held into mobile, it's actually communicating to the other system as well to add further value to the farm in that way. And what else we're starting to look at is like, okay, communication to the people that need it, right? So that could be someone like, okay, how can we communicate this really powerful data in mobile to someone like a farm advisor to help them make better decisions for the farm or maybe a stock agent to help them make better decisions for selling livestock or buying livestock for that operation. So I think that's sort of what we see ourselves, sort of that communication warehouse on the farm for data. And I think it's a really exciting little space and I don't know if anyone's really killing this idea yet. So we're really excited to make a huge impact in that space. Absolutely. And what about you? What's on the horizon for you personally and your journey? Because you've already achieved so much in such a short amount of time. For me personally, well, I want to stay connected to the farm. So lots of farm visits <laughs> and lots of helping out on the farm too. For me, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm just passionate about ag and if there's anything I can do to help farmers make their lives easier. That's probably what I'll do next. And that's what I'm doing now. I mean, the world's opened up now too a bit, so maybe a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. So those are sort of the goals for me. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Jug. It's been awesome. I do have one final question for you though. Go for it. When you're back home, you're on the farm, you're helping out, what work boots do you wear? I go for the classic Blundstones, but what about you, Annie? What do you go for? Oh, I've never been asked this before. I feel like you've finally turned the tables. I've been waiting for... 33 episodes for someone to ask me this. Now that I've heard everyone else's responses, which Blundstones are, I think, our most popular choice, I'm a little bit, not embarrassed, but I'll probably get a little bit of judgment on this one. But I actually am an RMs girl, but that's probably because I'm the gate opener. And other than that, I don't really <laughs> do too much. So I think RMs are appropriate. It's a very important job. It is. Yeah, very important job. Thanks so much for chatting to me today, Jock, and thanks for turning the tables. Thanks, Annie. It's been great. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Rural Bank. Rural Bank supports the agribusiness community by providing financial services, knowledge and leadership for Australian farmers to grow. If you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today, as well as links and other resources, we've added those to the show notes for this episode. 
You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm Annie Herbert, and I'll chat to you next time. Bye.